Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, this has been a very packed week for the abs and we recorded a day early on thursday last week comes out on friday and so naturally we missed uh the biggest news of what would have been the abs off season and now probably biggest news i would say since the mckinnon extension Devontae's signs his extension with the avalanche for seven years at 7.25 i we've been trying to temper our expectations with this that's perfect. Like that's just exactly what it should be. I just love the fact that whenever we do anything with this show that can benefit our personal lives of getting to do stuff, the news always comes out. Like no matter what happens, like we were both like, Hey, like it's Griffin's birthday on Friday. Let's record a day early so he can go enjoy his birthday. And sure, sure. Shit. Like 11 AM noon, it comes out that Devon Tave signs his contract extension. So that just goes to show that whenever we decide to do something that benefits me and like either one of our personal lives, something is going to happen with the abs. And most of the time it's good news. So maybe we should plan that out more. Maybe we should just like have better lives and just have things to do. Right. Instead of just sitting around watching hockey all day. But yeah, this contract is a joke. Um, I don't care that maybe the last two years may not be that great of Devon Taves. If I get Devontae's for five years at his peak, then yeah, I'm going to take that all day. Like uh, who gives a fuck about what's going to happen in 2029, 20, 2030? Like who cares? Yes. Yeah, so, like, sorry, I'm not going to be super concerned about 2029 right now. Like I'm going to be 29 when that's a problem. Like I'm, j- I'm just not worried about that at the moment. I'm that worried- is a future us problem. It's so far in the future right now. I'm worried about the first four or five years of that contract when Devontae is going to absolutely kick ass and is going to help keep this championship window for this team wide open. Because when we've started having conversations about this extension for Devontae, we were like, he could realistically get close to nine on yes. this. If he hits the open market and has the season that we're expecting that he is about to have only two games into the season, he could get uncomfortably close to Kale McCarr's deal. And you see some of the other 
deals that have been signed in the NHL over the last few months. Let's make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Devontae's left a lot of money on the table to keep this deal. As much as you want to give credit to Sackick and McFarland for this deal, a lot of this comes down to Devontae's being willing to play ball and take less in order to stay on a championship team. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it's even a question. I think if he hits the open market, we're talking 9, 9.5. He, yeah. he is that good, and a team who's looking to find a number one, number two defenseman would have paid him that much money. But it comes down to the fact that Devon Taves loves living in Colorado. He loves that his family gets to be here. And, oh, he gets to play with Kale McCarr every night. That's a pretty good perk to stick around. Like, you're going to look very good playing next to Kale McCarr for the next seven years. Right. And just to further put this in perspective, Devontae's at the start of next season is going to be the 26th highest paid defenseman. I loved your tweet, man. It blew up on it blew up on Twitter the the combined what the Kale McCarr and Devontae's were making. It just put a smile on my face every time I got a notification saying someone liked the tweet. It was like, yeah, this is great, man. This is this is what awesome. Just what a fantastic birthday gift for me. Yeah. Honestly, one of the best birthday gifts I've ever gotten. Unfortunately, it did get one up like a few hours later because one of my friends got me a fucking 3ds for my birthday which oh I shit when i was a kid which was Hell yeah. awesome so just a great day for, for gifts yeah for me it's a good day for you fantastic but... day outside the caps game which we don't need to talk about yeah we don't need to talk about that that game didn't that. that game didn't even happen man no, kemper didn't play he hit a kid Ruin, ruins the vibes didn't i wasn't yeah. even there for the game getting back on yeah. track the the tweet that christian is referencing that i made on friday is that at $9 million for Kale McCarr, we'll have him at the 10th highest paid defenseman next season once Rasmus Dahlin's extension kicks in. That's not even considering like other contracts that could be signed before that. As it stands right now, he is going to be 10th next season. And Devontae's at 7.25, like I just mentioned, is going to be the 26th highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Combined, that is $16.25 million for the undisputed best defensive pair in the NHL. I There really is not a second that's even in the conversation. I would say that comes close to what Makar and Taze can do. And you're paying 16.25, which when you compare to what the, the Sabres just locked up Rasmus Dahlin and Noah Power for, not saying those contracts are bad, considering how young those guys are and where the cap's going to be going. But when you compare those two contracts, the abs are making out like bandits on this it's it's ridiculous that they're allowed to get away with something like this it just goes to show when you build a good culture i mean you have mckinnon probably take less than what he could have gotten right at the open market when you have your undisputed best player taking less you have kill mccarr taking less it trickles down to the other players like devon taves that hey people want to stay here and win i value winning a lot and it's not like he's getting any chump change. Like he's getting a $3.25 million increase a year. Like he's, he's basically doubling his contract, but he takes less. It makes you wonder what's Miko's next deal going to look like. Is he going to take a little bit less? It's going to be a trickle down effect that starts with McKinnon taking less. I, I'm sure it just sucks because I wonder what Gabe Landeskog's contract would look like if he, like how it would have played out if he would have played throughout the entire thing. But I imagine he took a little bit less to stick around. It It's, it's just a culture of winning, and that's what the Avs have brought to this team, and it's going to keep working. And I know my favorite tweets were the ones saying, like, Devon Taves needs to fire his agent. And it's like, no, Devon Taves 
wanted to stay in Colorado and play with Kale McCarr. Devontae's like really wouldn't have needed an agent to get over $8 million on his next contract. He could probably have negotiated that himself and been just fine. This comes down to understanding the ab situation. They don't just have money to hand out hand over fists like maybe they did four years ago. They need guys to be willing to take less. And when you take care of your players and when you show that you are willing to take care of them and play ball and give them what they deserve and just as human beings take care of them, you're going to have players be willing to take less, especially when you win. Winning has that effect on people. It's like, I want to do that again. And now this was probably one of the first roadblocks, I would have said, for the Avs upcoming window, championship window. Now you're extending that to Miko and like now... What's that going to look like? Because Miko, if he signs the Pasternak contract, that's that's less than what he deserves. Yeah. The way Miko started this year, too, dude, like he's he could have sixty goals this year. He he is but, he has found his like we are probably seeing the best Miko Rantanen that we will see in our lives. But it, that is the next problem we have is is the Miko contract, and that is what two years away. Yep, two years away. So starting this off season we're going to start having the Miko Rantanen conversation again. So right when you think you're free, we're just going to start this up again next season. Are, Not that there's even a single chance that Miko Rantanen is going to be walking out that door. No. At Are you surprised that the, the Taves contract got done this early? I was expecting this to be like a full season thing. Not really. It was either going to get done early or not at all, in my opinion, where it, it didn't sound like things were going poorly in negotiations because it's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Like Taze understands the the situation here and the team's not going to try to screw him. Like there was going to be a resolution here, barring Taze just putting his foot down at like $8 million or something like that. And by all indications, like we talked about, that was not the case already. I was a little surprised just to see that they were making progress and still talking about it once the season started, but it must've meant they were close once the puck actually dropped on the season and it just took a little bit to, to iron it out after that. But you look at this upcoming deal for Taze, the first two years have a no movement clause and the final five have a modified no trade clause with 12 teams he can't be traded to. Let's even look five years down the line. Not unmovable. Like th- this is such a non-problem of a contract that I don't even care about seven years. Because I also think that Devon Taze, and I think a lot of people agree with this, has a style of play that is going to age well. And you also look at the fact that right now he is 29 and this is only going to be his seventh full season in the NHL. I believe like he was a late bloomer with the Islanders. So there's less wear and tear on his body for a 29 year old than average. 36 year old Devon Taves may not be the stud number one defenseman he's going to be, but he'll still be a serviceable defenseman. Cause like you said, his skating, his hockey IQ, he is just a damn smart hockey player. And I, it would not shock me in the least if we get to the end of the seven years and it's going to be like, it's going to be kind of just like we just have with Eric Johnson, where it's like they Devon Taves could probably play another year. Like, are we going to sign him to a one-year deal? Right. And again, Seven years in the future. Think about how different this Avs team was seven years ago. Seven entire years ago. That is an eternity in hockey. With the amount of turnover you have on teams year over year, I'm not even at all worried about like, oh, what's this? That that is such a few trust problem. And if you've got another cup, maybe even two 
to show for it by the end of this contract, who cares? Yeah, it's going to be very funny because Kale McCarr will only be 31 when uh, when this contract's up. So <laughs> Kale McCarr is still going to be killing it for the abs. Um, I, I just envisioned this contract. It, it, we're going to look back on it and be like, how did the abs do this again? H- how how did they pull this off again? Getting a player like Devon Taves, who is probably a top 10 defenseman in the world, I'd yeah. say. I would, yeah, I would unequivocally say Devontae's is a top yeah. defenseman. And, it's and what, Damon Severson still... got more money than him. Um, who else was like a very fringe, like Warinsky got more money than him. Well, Rensky is one of the highest paid players. Yeah, like it's, it, the abs shouldn't have gotten away with this. And when I saw the number, I had to double check that it wasn't a typo because there's just no way you should be able to pay Devontae 7.25 like, and lock him up for that long. Like, didn't Keandre Miller get more than this? I can't remember off the top of my head. Let's look it up real quick. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm looking at defensemen who've signed for $7 million and above. Power got... I yeah, know. Miller I signed for... Keandre Miller signed for two years, 7.74. Yeah, Vince Dunn signed for more. Dmitry Orlov <laughs> signed for more. I mean... That's ridiculous, dude. It's just ridiculous. And... It's, I'm just glad because my Devon Taves jersey I will get to wear proudly for another seven years, and I don't have to worry about that jersey going out of style. Uh, in not in the least. I mean, it's just it's a fantastic piece of business from this team and from Devon Taves. He gets the long term contract and stability. I mean, it should not get lost that Devon Taves went from being an undrafted player, <laughs> breaking into the NHL at 24, 25 years old, has now turned that into a 50 million dollar contract i mean this is a guy who has carved out a role for himself on one of the best teams in the nhl and has played his position perfectly to the point where the abs could not even entertain letting him go this is exactly what we talked about it was like yeah you know maybe Devontae's five years from now is going to be on an expensive contract you can't let that guy go especially the more you dig into his analytics the more you look at the bonds he has with a lot of players on this team, just at a fundamental level, no matter how you break it down, this team needs Devontae's. This guy is simply too good of a defenseman for you to, to pinch pennies. There was just no other way for this to go, especially as the offseason went on and you thought about it more and more. Even if this was $8 million, you still just eat it. And you're like, fuck it. We still have Devontae's. We'll live still, with it. I love like looking at Jay Fresh's analytic card for Devontae's because it's just blue everywhere. Right. <laughs> it's just he's, he's almost like the perfect defenseman in a way. He's 99% war. That is crazy. Right. And Wins I mean, I, I'm not the big for everyone who doesn't know. Yeah. I, I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but I know looking at this, like, oh, he's, he's, he's a really good hockey player. <laughs> and then I love the one that Jay Fresh tweeted out like a couple hours afterwards. Uh, after people were chirping him saying Devontae's wasn't that good for the Islanders, and then he tweets out his card from the Islanders, and you're like, oh, he was really good for the Islanders. They just didn't use him the right way. <laughs> yeah, and then the general manager who traded him for two second round picks won back to back general manager of the year. Right. Awards. Like, it's just so funny that, like, I don't think analytics should be the end all be all when it comes to hockey, but it has to be a huge factor in it. 
Right. And the abs doesn't hurt when a guy no. is just good in every single category. Right. You look at some of the abs like best signings. You had Val, who was an analytical darling before he burst onto the scene. I'm sure Burakovsky's was around the same when he was in Washington before he came. And then you had Devon Taves, who's probably with Nachushkin, the best one when it comes to analytics and actually translating to on ice success. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest change that the abs have adopted in the past 10 years that has given them an advantage when it comes to getting these players, because they take that analytical approach. Like look at Georgiev. He, no one thought he was going to be much of a first line star. Now he's one of the best goalies in the league. Well, yeah. And the abs, I think they have the perfect balance of like, they don't lean too far to one side of like believing that they don't need analytics and that right. you know, fits and everything. Cause you do, there are things that the numbers tell you that you don't see, but you also do have to understand how your team works and what right. players are going to fit in your locker room and who's going to fit your play style the best. But then you find undervalued guys like Val Nachushkin and Devon Tays and Alex Georgiev. But you also see a guy like Miles Wood, who's not really an analytical darling in any fashion. But as we'll talk about through his first two games with the Avs, is such a natural fit with this team. Like the Avs and their front office, they, they do all of the right things. And these are the results that you get. You get to keep all of your good players for good prices with strong supporting staffs. There's just not, there's really nothing to not love about this deal, especially the price point 7.25. I mean, that that's ridiculous that he is not even a top 25 highest paid defenseman. Do you think that goes, that that trade goes down as Sackick's probably the greatest trade as a GM? You would have to think so, right? Just it's one of the ones I loved the Brandon Sod one, but that was only one year with Brandon. That's a, that's a one year one, and even then, like you gave up Zadorov, even like you gave up nothing for Taze. Right. You gave up two second rounders. Like, did those guys? Did they even get anyone with those two second round picks? I don't even remember. Uh, probably not. They probably traded them to get Flurry. I will. I will quickly find that because Cap Friendly has everything. I mean, JJ Moser is a Coyote, so they traded that one to Arizona. Good player. And Cal Odelius is a guy has not done anything. Yet. I don't even think, does he have an entry level deal? Yeah. He's, he's signed his entry level contract. So those are the two players that got drafted with those picks. And in return, the Avs got Devontae's a top 10 defenseman in the world. And a Stanley cup. And so a Stanley cup. I'd say that's probably Sackick's best move. He's uh, he's had a lot of fantastic moves, but like in terms of pure trades, you got a top 10 defenseman in the world in a trade like the, you don't. Do and then you that. sign him to a contract is what what's he make him a four like four point one for three years. Because <laughs> like you, you see all these teams struggling to find all these players like, oh, it's just so hard to find high end defensemen. You got a top 10 defenseman in the world to stick with the greatest defenseman in the world for two second round picks. You didn't have to draft him and develop him or sign him for $10 million in the offseason. You got him for two picks. It's crazy. And like, yeah, I, I would say that's better than getting Berkey for a second and a third. Like, the, I don't even, it's it's in a league of its own. Not only is it one of Sackick's best trades, it's one of the best trades of the last decade. Yeah. When you consider the on ice performance, I, I'd say so. So it, it's, I'm so happy Devon Taves is going to be sticking around for the next seven years. And the abs are, I think ready to like, if they ever get Landeskog back, this team is ready to go. Yeah. They are primed for the next three years to make as good of a run as any team in these next three years. I mean, it's it's going to be tight cap wise, no matter how you slice it. Like, especially 
assuming Landis God comes back for next season. There's going to have to be some casualties this offseason, but that is a future us problem. Because but that's what all these good teams have to do, man. And right. that, that's why these GMs and the, all the people that work for them, they get paid a lot of money to figure out these problems. Right. Like, they, so we always like hype up like, oh, this is such a problem. This is such a problem. And it's not. It's never a problem. They take care of them. They have such talented staff ready to deal with these problems at a moment's notice. And Sackick and McFarland at the helm making calls. And what do you know? It turns out to be not nearly as bad as you were expecting it to be because there's always a way out. And even just, Always away. even just finishing up on this Taze contract, like I'm, I'm even trying to think of like any sort of downside, but even on the length, like I just don't see a ton of risk here. Like I, I think the Val contract is riskier than Taze's contract. Oh, 100%. Perfectly 100%. Like Ma- Manson's even, like I know there's only three years left on that, but injury. Well, Manson one's going to be interesting because his no movement clause kicks in next year. But that that's what I mean. Like even with three years on that, like the way his injuries are going, right now like that could be a much more significant problem than Devontae's in the future here like I just I don't see anything to not like about it the the only downside is that if it wasn't for my birthday and that being cool for me they missed the anniversary of trading for him by a day oh that would have been cool yeah that would have been cool what's your favorite contract on this team right now McCarr for nine million dollars isn't fair McCarr is good I, I still really, really like the Miko deal. That that one, I think, aged pretty well. And the McKinnon one's going to age beautifully as well. Like All these contracts are going to age like just you, fine. You don't look at any of these and just go, oof. I don't, I don't know how they're going to manage that because you don't. Like McKinnon, the only one I get that from is the Manson one. Right, but even then, three years left. And I trust this team to be able to work their way around that if that even becomes a problem. Because Manson might just be fine. Like that's if he stays healthy, that, that contract's going to be aged perfectly. Right, fine. that's what I mean. Like we are preemptively saying that it's going to be a problem when, like, it could still be fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with the Manson contract right now. No. It could be. It has the potential to be, but it's not even at that point yet. We're just preemptively getting anxious about it. Yeah, it's just a list of good contracts. Remember, like two years ago, when Sam Gerard had the best contract, and now he's probably like barely in like the top ten of contracts now for the apps. It just they. This is what happens when you build a good culture like you were talking about and you take care of your players and you have an expectation of winning. Because at the end of the day, I mean, Devontae's made $50 million. Yeah, he's leaving some money on the table, but like that is generational wealth. Very much so, but it's just, I think the culture has changed so much when it comes to to players and getting the most of themselves, which I'm totally for. Like this is your one opportunity to make money. But like you said, Devon Taves probably left, what, $5 million on the table for I'd, the whole yeah. thing? Because like, like, he realistically probably gets on the open market $8.25, $8.5 million. Right. So if you're putting that on a scale of 1.5 times 7, he left in a good amount of money. He left a good amount of money, but it's still $50 million he's going right. to get. Like, that, right. is still, that is still a lot of money, and it is kind of refreshing to see that. Because you have guys like Austin Matthews, who's going, who's literally making the most money he can in the time, which I respect, but also like that kind of hampers the Leafs when it comes to that type of stuff. Right. So, also, like we just talked about McKinnon right now, the highest paid player in the NHL. When the Matthews extension kicks in, Matthews is going to be the highest paid player. But the Avs, they got the full years out of Nathan McKinnon and the Leafs didn't. They got the full eight for Nathan McKinnon and the Leafs got four, four years. Yeah. 
out of Austin Matthews for that. It's one of those things where it, it's just kind of refreshing to see that. And I feel like hockey is one of the few sports that that is still you see guys leave money on the table to benefit the team. Like in the NBA, no player's doing what Devontae's just did. No chance in fucking hell. NFL, no one's doing that. MLB, no one's doing that. It it it, it is a little refreshing to see them be like, hey, like I'm on a really good team and I want this team to stay really good. And yeah. I'm not going to hamper them for <laughs> that sounds bad. I'm not gonna hamper them for two million dollars more a year. <laughs> right. I mean, we also do have to consider like there's the salary cap and hockey is a lot more constrained and right. just overall make less money in this league than other sports. But it gives players. them more of a reason to get more money if they can. Right. Exactly. But even still with the cap staying flat and everything, like you see a lot of teams where guys, they don't give breathing room because this is my opportunity to make money. I'm going to go make money. But like we've mentioned at nauseum this episode, the abs have, have built something special here to the point where a player like Devon Taze looks at that and is just like, I need to be a part of this. I need to stay a part of this. And I'm willing to leave some money on the table to go win some more titles with this team. It's It got me going, man. It, it was like, let's go. And it was, it, I agree with you. It was kind of frustrating. I was like, you guys couldn't have done this like third week in September when we had literally nothing to talk about. You had to sneak it in on a Friday um, one Friday we don't record right right so I'm super happy with it it's a big stress reliever I'm sure for McFarland and it saves a whole year of like do you trade Devon Taves at the trade deadline you can't let him leave for free like, we don't have to worry about that anymore all those storylines are gone so I'm super happy with it I can't wait I just want more hockey to be played this is what's driving me crazy about the season to start for the abs they have so many days off in between games man so many days. October's brutal. There's yeah. just there's like two days off between games. It's rare that you even have just one. No backdrops, right. which I'm totally fine with. But it's just so much room between games. It's driving me crazy. But um, I don't have anything else about the Devon Taves thing. You want to jump into the Sharks recap? Do you have any yeah. other final thoughts? I mean, I thought uh, Evan, Evan Rahl brought up a good point in his article titled Why the Devontae's Extension May Age Better Than You Think. He said he could very easily see Taze aging a lot like a Ryan Suter type player. And Taze has only played around 316 games in his NHL career so far to this point. I, I thought that was a great point. Like Taze is going to stick around probably for the full seven years and still be a very good defenseman for all of them this is not he may a, not be a top pair guy near the end but if he's still contributing in the right. fourth fifth or sixth role that's a valuable asset again, to have again 20 29 20 30 sorry don't care don't we're, care we're we're in the business of winning cups right now and right. i i really with the way the salary cap is going and the way devon taze plays it's a really tough sell to say that that's just going to be such a boat anchor for this team six seven years from now i just don't believe it neither do i Neither do I. And then you look at the rest of the core, like, let's be real here. In seven years, McKinnon's going to be 35. Are, are they still going to be competing for cups in seven years from now? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? When you have players like like McKinnon and McCarr and Rantanen who are special talents, they tend to age well. This team could very well still be trying to win six, seven years from now. Very, that's going to be awesome. Like, with, and with the way this team is run, could still feasibly do it. Yeah, and if they keep drafting well, they could just replenish all the talent. Like it, there's, it, it's such a positive outlook for the Abs in the future that this Taves contract, I could give two fucks about the right. length. Of, and, I'm just to get Devon Taves. At the like, and if you're grading this contract at the end of the day, it's really hard to win deals like this 
A plus. Like they knocked this out of the park. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. A plus 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 plus. Yeah, like just full marks. They take care of the player. It's under market value. You know a contract is good when like you read the comments on the J Fresh car and everything or on the extension and opposing fans are like, are you fucking, fucking. kidding me? Yep. Are that was my favorite part of Friday was just reading all the people being like, how do they keep doing this? Like, right, what, like what's Oilers going on? fans and Stars fans, like fan bases who waste no opportunity to go at the Avs, just either out of jealousy or just harmless fun, looking at that being like, what the hell? Yeah, How are they guys. allowed <laughs> yeah, to fuck keep these doing guys? This? Like this is absolute. Like we're paying Darnell Nurse nine point two five million dollars, yep. and they're paying Taze two million bucks less than that. Yes. Ridiculous. Very funny. Very funny. But great, great way to start the Friday. Uh, no game to talk about. We jump into Saturday. I was at a wedding on Saturday. I sent you the picture of what I looked like at that wedding on Saturday. Um, I had a blast. But I did get to watch increments. Yeah, you did. I had a blast. I had a a really good time. Um, I did get to see increments of the game uh, on my phone. But I'm going to let you kind of lead your way uh, with this game because I I did not get to watch as much of it as I usually do. Yeah, this game was all about Mackenzie Blackwood where the Avalanche, they kicked the Sharks up and down the ice. They win this game 2-1 to in a shootout. And if you know nothing else about this game, you're going to go, oh, so they didn't play very well. No, the Avs destroyed the Sharks in this game. The shot attempts in this game, the Avs were almost tripling what the Sharks put out. Their shot attempts in this game were 90 to 39 in this game. The shots on goal by the end of this game were 52 to 21 in favor of the Avs. We're going back to like the shortened season here where they're playing the Coyotes eight times a year and lighten them up for 50 shots to 18 every single night. The abs absolutely crushed the sharks in terms of offensive zone possession. Just the thing is Mackenzie Blackwood made 48 consecutive saves. And when the abs actually did beat them, they were hitting posts. They were getting pucks swept off the line. The puck would just dribble wide of the net. They hit at least three posts in this game and just all of the bad luck going against them. This was a classic case of getting goalied, and they won. They, they got won. two points out of it. Kale McCarr ties the game with 90 seconds to go on the Avs' 49th shot of the game, tying it up. They get a point, drag it to overtime, and they survive. Well, first, they have a power play in overtime. They can't convert on. Power play went over 5, but still looked pretty good. It looked good. I, I, that was my big question because when I was looking at the box sheet and it showed they went 0 for 5, I'm like, oof, that's not going to help my rhetoric that the, the Avs power play is going to be elite. It, look, it looked good. It wasn't perfect. There was obviously you go 0 for 5, you know, you're obviously not doing something not right. But in terms of game two execution, it was up there, especially compared to years past. But they, they can't score on the power play in overtime. And then they take a penalty in overtime. Nathan McKinnon called for kneeing. I see why they called that. I don't hundred percent agree, but if the tables were reversed, I would definitely want that penalty to be called. So I do have to be fair, but they survived the penalty in overtime, drag it to a shootout and the shootout goal from Miko Rantanen is so simple and so disrespectful. It, I think it is honestly one of my favorite shootout goals of all time. And one of just my favorite goals, period. Because there's no, there's nothing fancy about it. He walks up to Mackenzie Blackwood, a guy who made 48 consecutive saves and having the game of his life, and just goes upstairs. No moves, no nothing. Just like 
like if I don't even know how else to describe it other than like a Friday night beer league wrister just roofs it top corner like he's just out there skating in warm-ups he makes it look so unbelievably easy and Georgiev who kind of gets lost in the shuffle in this game he was phenomenal shuts the door in the shootout in the abs in a game that you have a couple times a year where you outplay the shit out of a team and get goalied it just happens that's hockey it happens that that's just the sport and a lot of times you get nothing out of that they got two points you could not ask for more I mean, I, I'm looking at the box score and it's the thing that I look to is what the penalty kill is still perfect for the year compared to what last year was where they were letting a goal on what, like 65% of the time that they went on yeah. the PK. Oh, last season, the penalty kill at this point was fucking abysmal. Like they, they could not, they were, they were wet tissue paper. Everything was going straight through them. It looks damn near perfect right now. Miles Wood and Ross Colton have added such a dimension of life to this penalty kill. And I'll talk more about them in just a minute here but on the penalty kill alone those two are fantastic how cogliano look in his first game back it the fourth line looked much better with cogliano instead of mcdermott you know no offense obviously but they you they were able to ice them in this game and play them yeah i forget who tweeted it it might have been evan it might have been megan um the fourth line was at like you could trust like you could tell bednar trusted his fourth line Curtis McDermott played, I think, just north of three minutes in game one. Andrew Correct. Capriano played 11. Okay. Like, big, yeah, big, big, big difference right there. Yeah, but he looked good. He looked good. I mean, he looked back. He looked comfortable. The fourth line, you you give him some time to get cozy. I I really like Freddie Olofsson. Yeah, he hasn't wowed me, but he works on we that. We don't need him line. to wow. We don't yeah. need the fourth line, though. We just need the fourth line to go out there and be a consistent pain in the ass, forecheck you, and be solid defensively. Right. And they'll get their goals. They will. They will eventually get their goals because that's just yeah. how, how it works. But if Cagliano's back, you can tell that Bednar wants to roll four lines. He's right. comfortable rolling four lines. And he did. He rolled four lines in this game and – the second line especially was much better in this game. I didn't, the, I didn't love them in game one. I thought especially Lekkonen and Val, Val looked like his old self. Good. Last year, he looked like he was struggling through a lot of injuries, and he was. Was in and out of the lineup constantly. Was still really good, but like he, he lacked that punch that he had in the cup here. He looked like he had that step back. See, like, because those are the type of things that when you watch the highlights of the game, they don't show that, like, the shift by shift. And if hearing that makes me feel a lot better, because I think we both were good. That second line got better at the end of the Kings game, um, and they needed to continue that momentum from the third period into the second game, and it sounds like they did. Right, and, like, Val, he just, he has that explosive step back. That was one of the things I noticed about his game is – he just had that extra step to his game. And you look at how they performed against the Sharks in this game. The The shot attempts when the second line was on the ice were 29 to 5. That's pretty good. Was not even remotely close. Really, every line destroyed the Sharks when they were at J- Jack Johnson and Josh Manson were more than doubling up the Sharks Let's in go. shot attempts. And I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. The Sharks are a bad hockey team. They are, they are the only team that's actively trying to lose as many right. games as possible. The Avs did really everything that you can do in a game like this. They controlled zone possession. They were shooting pucks. They got really good high danger scoring chances. They Yeah, they had a couple of mistakes. There were a couple of breakaways for the Sharks. Like Luke Cunnan got denied by Georgiev. But Georgiev played fantastic as well. Did not get lulled to sleep. And like th- these are games that happen 
to really good teams where just a goalie has the performance of his life before that goal by kale. Like I was ready to just throw my hands up and be like, this is one of the greatest goaltending performances I've ever seen. Was he giving you flashbacks of Connor Ingram in game two? He was better than that. Really? At least you had a goal on Connor Ingram at that point. You were getting nothing through this guy, just in the absurd amount of bad luck that the Avs had in this game. And I did my tried and true. I'm just going to leave the room. (laughs) Whatever happens, happens. Like I I tweeted about this too. Works works every time. Works every time. It's not, it's not the kind of thing where you can just go do it whenever. It's got to be like a break glass in case of emergency thing. Because if you start doing it all the time, it doesn't work anymore. Right. So it's, 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 only, it's just like when I paint my face. You, right. you have to do, you have to break it in case of emergency. And I'm honestly glad. I'm not glad because I missed an abs game. Um, but I feel like this game would have given me gray hairs. Because it sounds like it was just one of those games where it's like, how are we not winning this game 10 to 1 right now? Like, what is going on here? Because really, and, if, if Blackwood was even a 9-10 in this game, the Avs win this at least 4-1. to Right. It, 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 I'm I'm glad this was the game that I'm – and they won. And the Kale McCarr shot, I just found it funny because the way you were describing Blackwood to me over text while I was at the wedding was like, this dude's unstoppable. And then you see the Kale McCarr goal, and it's like, oh, that was just a harmless wrist shot from the point. And Blackwood just did not see it. Yeah, that's what happens when you have the best defenseman in the world and have him at 100%. I mean, that's that's the thing about this team is like, even when a game like that is happening, you do want to just throw your hands up and be like, what can you do? But as long as there's time on that clock, you are throwing Nathan McKinnon, who had over 20 shot attempts in this game, (laughs) who I I have to find the exact number of shots he had in this game because it's absolutely ridiculous. He finished with 14 shots on goal in this game, 14 shots on goal. I believe that ties his career best. And Miko Rantanen, who obviously had the shootout winner, as well, but he still looked really good in this game. When you have those guys, you you really never feel out of it. You didn't. You never gave up the backbreaking goal that made it two nothing. And you know, like you get sick of saying they're gonna get one eventually. Just you just gotta give it time in this game. When you get down to the last ninety seconds, you're really starting to question that. But there's too much talent on this team to be denied for for too long. And these are these are games that. Like I've said a lot this episode, that good teams lose these like five or six times a year. It even it happens. But what they was the game last game. year that we lost that we, we shouldn't have? I'm, I'm trying to think. Like it was game one, right? The Ducks. Yeah, yeah I mean, the Ducks was a bad one. I mean, there there's several that You can go to right. any team, any season, and pick out five or six of these every single year where they play a bad team and they outplay them but the goalie just had the game of his life. I mean, for us, it's the Ducks usually, normally. Like, John Gibson just has the game of his life all the time. But the Avs still survived that. They more than, well more than doubled up the shot, the shots in this game, 52 to 21. Like, that that can't be understated. They kicked this team up and down the ice. And if it was a normal night for a normal goalie, this would have been 4-5 to 1. And we wouldn't even be sweating this game. No, but. We'd, we'd have a 10-minute conversation about this game and already be moving on to Seattle. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because 
all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. Honestly, 2-0 on the year. You, you can't complain about it. They're already off to a better start than I thought they'd be. Yeah, I mean, you you look around the league. I mean, there's only, even teams that have played three to two games, there's only five undefeated teams. Like, you have Vegas, Vancouver, Boston, Toronto, and the Avs. Everyone else has lost something. I mean, the Coyotes and the Islanders are 1-0, and so are the Stars, but are we really going to count that as undefeated? Yeah, you know, ooh, we won two games instead of one. We're undefeated, <laughs> I know. but Well, we doubled them up, bro. We've right, doubled exactly. them up. We're playing games. They're just sitting at home. They're lazy. They don't, yeah. want, it as, they don't want it as badly as us. They no. get easy schedules. Talk about it. I was just saying I was complaining as an Avs fan. There's been days in between games. Imagine being those fans. You've only played one game, and we're almost two weeks into the season already. That's how I feel as a Caps fan right now. I've just had to sit with that horrible home opener against Pittsburgh for the last few days. They're finally playing right now, but they've only had one game so far this season, and Vegas has had three. Yeah, I mean, it's just how it goes. But any other final thoughts before we move on to the Seattle preview? I definitely have some more thoughts on this game. I mean, especially early in the season, I've been looking a lot at the new additions. Easily the top two are Miles Wood and Ross Colton, especially when they're together. I know there's concerns about some of the lengths of those deals, especially Wood at six years. But if for the next four years, you have these guys wreaking havoc, I'm sorry, that's so worth it. Especially Colton at four and Wood at two and a half. These guys are dangerous. They add such a punch that this team didn't have last year where you didn't realize how much you missed it. And even during last year, we didn't realize how much we missed it until we finally had it again with these two and seeing what they bring to the penalty kill and how they get under players' skins and just the speed that they have. That's what I was mentioning earlier when, like, Miles Wood's not an analytical darling, but he's fast and he plays hard, and that is more than enough for him to fit in here and play the Avs system. These two have been just phenomenal so far. But some of the other ones, I've been a little lukewarm on. Ryan Johansson's been good. He's been very good in the face-off dot. I think it's just a matter of time for him to start breaking out. You know, we're only two games into the season. Jonathan Drouin, I, I didn't love in this game. He took a, a penalty in the offensive zone, and it was kind of the same thing he got called for against the Kings, where he's just kind of tied up and not moving his feet. I mean, it's refs look for calls like this, and he's not given himself any outs and he just, I don't know, he looks a little out of his depth at the moment. I think they're going to give it more time on the top line before they really start to make a move. But he got hit in the face with a puck, if I'm remembering oh, right, and got moved down to the third line for the final 10 minutes or so. And they Jumped think, up to the top. Was it lucky? Uh, yeah. And I think they're going to keep it that way for, keep him on the top line, I mean, for a little bit. But if... It's just not getting better. Then they're probably going to bump him down. And the guy that I just, I haven't been a huge fan of to start the season. Uh, I think more than anyone on the team so far has been Tomas Tatar. I can't, I really can't name you any particular thing that he's done. 
so far, good or bad. He hasn't made any horrible mistakes. That's just kind of Thomas Tatar, I feel like, though. I feel like if you ask any of like the former teams he's played on, he's like, he'll he'll get you 20 goals, but he's not going to be impactful in every game. I think there's going to be like a stretch where Thomas Tatar is just unreal, and there's going to be parts where he's just kind of there. Yeah, I mean, and right now he's just kind of here. He's got one shot attempt. Didn't get it on goal through two games. He's got an he's got a secondary assist on an empty net goal. You know, like I'm just a little disappointed with it. I think understandably so, but also understanding it's two games, new team. And yeah, he was here for all of training camp, but he got here much later than everyone else did. Like granted it was still before training camp, but he got signed like the first day everything started. It's really not much of an excuse. I'm reaching for them, if anything. But I think your expectations were a little high for him. When I look at Thomas Tatar, I just see like he's going to be a good third line forward. But I just think when I compare him to everyone else, especially in the top nine right now, I have really very few problems with anyone in the top nine other than maybe him and Duran. And when I compare him to them, he's just not doing a whole lot. He hasn't been bad, I would say. He hasn't made any super costly mistakes, but it's just not great. Just think he's better than having Logan O'Connor on the third line. Absolutely. I mean, Logan O'Connor rang a post in this game. I'm sure. I mean, he's going to hate watching that on film. Just again, just poor guy. Just can't. Put Logan O'Connor doesn't score a goal. That sounds about right. But he tries really hard. Just, so we'll just the poor guy. Like if he could just put the puck in the net, he's probably at least a third liner every single night. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. And I still just love on the TNT broadcast. Like Logan O'Connor's got a wicked wrist shot. And it's like, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if he, he was playing on a, if he was playing on a soccer net, maybe. Yeah, he'd be he'd be elite. So it was we'll have to see. I'm excited for this cracking game because I didn't realize how much revenge I wanted until I was like, oh yeah, we play the Kraken tomorrow. Let's fucking kick that ass. Yeah, like I I it's less of revenge and more just like proving a point. Right. This is a different team. We're pretty healthy, and now we have the reinforcements to back it up. I'd feel pretty sour if we lose this game. Like I yes. like I'm not gonna lose my shit or anything where it's just like, man, that sucks. It, it would really feel good to go out there. Like you don't even have to crush them, just just beat them. Just with a some reinforcements and a healthy team. I I just wouldn't love the idea of losing this one. Wouldn't either, man. I I feel like we're gonna beat the living shit out of them. I think game. they're gonna I think they're gonna be pissed, but also I think Seattle's gonna be pretty motivated. They have not won a game so far this yeah. season. They are 0 one and one or 0 two and one. Then the yeah. only point was a shootout loss to the blues. I mean, they've they've struggled on offense so far to start this season. And I, I think I want to beat their ass, bro. I do I want to beat them like five to one. Especially in Seattle. I I really hope we can do that, but there is definitely going to be a motivation factor for Seattle coming into this game. But I will say it should not outmotivate the Avs no. in this game. They should be very hungry and willing to get this game back. Nathan McKinnon's going to score a hat trick in this game. I, or Miko. One of the two of them is going to score a hat trick in this game. I believe that's that's where I'm at with it. Nathan McKinnon's like this is the most motivated we're probably going to see this team play for a good amount of October, just getting revenge on this team. So I think the Avs win this game big. Like you said, the Kraken haven't looked great. Grubauer has actually not been terrible. He's a 918 through the first two games he's played. I think we beat the I think we beat their ass, bro. I really do. Yeah. I think we we beat the living shit out of them. And I'm going to just enjoy every moment of that. 
because in all actuality, it means nothing that game three of the regular season. But mentally for me, it's going to be like, yeah, I, fuck think, it, I think it does mean a little something. I mean, especially for this team with newly constructed team, they don't have the health excuse anymore. I, I think there is a little bit of pride on the line in this game to to go and get that one back. And Kraken have struggled. They're vulnerable right now. They've played three games. They've scored two goals. Like they, they, they are in some trouble at the moment. They are struggling to put pucks in the net. And it's way too early to say this is the demise of the Seattle Kraken and the last year was an anomaly. But if you can put a beating on them in this game and absolutely bury them and have them feeling like shit about their season, you, you're going to yourself up. It's going to feel good. It's going to feel really good. And I, I just, I think that motivation factor for the abs is going to be huge. Uh, I think they beat, I think they win this game five to one, dude. I really do. I really hope so. I just, I, I feel like Seattle is going to make it tough like they always do. I'm going to no say Tanif for them. No Tanif. I didn't, yeah, no Tanif. He's going to be out for them for a little while. I think the Avs are going to win this game. Make no question about it. I think they're going to win four to two. Uh, I think it's going to be a three to one game going into the third. Kraken make it close. Avs put it away. Just the, the difference that they couldn't get in the playoff series last season, they're going to get just enough to put them over the top. I'll tell you what my biggest bet of this game is going to be. The abs are going to score the first goal. After that's, all we heard the playoffs, that's going to be my biggest bet is the abs score the first goal. Honestly, I think they, I've, I, that's another thing is like, I feel like they, they really want that. And yeah. like, they did it against the Kings. Finally, they didn't do it against the sharks and every game of that playoff series. For those of you who don't remember, I don't know how you don't, but the Kraken scored the first goal in every single game of that. That's going to be my biggest bet for tomorrow yeah. or today by the time you're listening to this. So you're going to go 4-2. I think the abs, this game's like 4 nothing, and the Kraken get one in the third, and then we get an empty netter, and it's, it's 5-1. I just think the abs are going to beat the brakes off them. I love the way that McKinnon's playing, Ranton's playing, McCarr, Taves, Georgiev's looked phenomenal in these first two games. It's already confirmed he's starting tomorrow. So, yeah, man, I think this is going to be an ass kicking up and down the ice for the abs. You certainly hope so. I mean, and now the Avs have the depth to match the Kraken. If anything, it might be better at this point. I mean, you you know McKinnon's going to have a great game. You know Rantanen's going to have a great game. McCarr is going to have a great game. I really want to see someone on that third line or Val score a goal in this game. I don't, it's just like to really prove a point. It's like, you know, you really took advantage of us at a weak point last year. That's not the same anymore. This is totally off topic, but I have the Caps game on right now. Why are those jerseys that they wore last year not their main jerseys? I'm I'm sorry, which ones are you talking about? The Screaming Eagle, the black ones. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, they were oh. the reverse. They were the reverse retro, at least. But that's the best jersey the Caps have, in my opinion. I like but. the I like the logo. I just gotta be honest. I don't like the color scheme all that much. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. It's a very but bland. Totally off topic. Um, they also made Joe, uh, the main play by play guy, look very like ghostly. I don't know if you noticed that if you have the game on. He looks very ghostly. He's like a pale white. So totally off topic, but that's where my brain just went when I saw that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just like you said, Av's top guys are going to have massive games. I would love to see a Val masterclass in this game, like a Val goal, a Lecky goal, maybe a Rijo goal would be nice. Uh, but I just think the Avs are going to kick the living shit out of him, dude. I really do. I think we're getting to that point with Val. It looked like he had a warm-up game against the Kings, got better as it went on, and against the Sharks, he looked real good. So I'm bet I'm gonna bet on Val to have a big game. I'd really like to see Ross Colton score in this Ooh. game too. 
There's a lot of players I want to see score. There's, I mean, I, I really honestly have no problem with anyone on this team scoring. Yeah. I like when they have score and I like when sure. they win games, no matter who it is. But sure. I think the Avs are going to win the game and I think they're going to feel real good about the way they do it. I do too. But let's move on to the home opener coming up on Thursday. I will be there. Uh, I, we were talking about this before. Uh, if you're an East Coast Avs fan like Griffin, this has been a brutal start to the season for you. Four mm-hmm. straight games starting at 10 p.m. your time. This one's starting at 8.30, which what's the game before it? Oilers Flyers starts at 5.30. Yeah, we're probably not dropping puck till 8.50. I'm just going to be. That, that's, that is an 11 p.m. start time. Yeah, because that the Avs have to do their whole introduction thing and all the intro. Like that's going to be a 9 p.m. puck drop, or for me at least. Uh, the Blackhawks have looked competitive. Which they is are a hockey team that is playing games. Connor Bedard looks great. He looks awesome. I'm excited to see him play. Uh, but when you look at it, the home opener, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this. I think the Avs beat the shit out of Chicago. Uh, and well, maybe not. I think this game may be closer than we like. I think it's going to be like 5 3. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think defensively they're going to be able to hold the Blackhawks at bay. Connor Bedard's going to be interesting to watch. He's got three points in three games so far to start the season, but th- this is a barren hockey team without yeah. him. And is Taylor Hall hurt? Because I saw I something about so. that, that, like he's going to be week to week, but also I'm not seeing anything that he's actually hurt at the moment. Let me check. Yeah, it says he's week to week. Okay, so you're and you're taking Taylor Hall out of that equation too. I mean – if you should be able to handle Connor Bedard at 18 years old and his band of merry men, I I think the Avs are going to take care of business in this game. I'd probably go with maybe a, a pretty similar score to the crowd. Oh wait wait wait, never mind. They just announced he, he's I guess playing tonight against Toronto as we speak. Taylor Hall. Yeah, he was upgraded to day to day yesterday, and then now he's expected to play Monday. All right, good for him. Not that that really changes my opinion on any of this game. I mean, I think the Blackhawks, with where they are right now, have kind of a perfect setup at the moment. They have a a top line that I think is pretty good, Hall, Bedard, and Donato, who I think is just kind of an underrated guy. After that, this team absolutely sucks. So they're going to set up Bedard to score a lot of goals and a lot of points, and after that, you really don't care all that much. The Avs should be able to take care of business in this game. I mean, I think it also depends on the Kraken game. If there's, I, I wouldn't think there's an emotional dump for the home opener. It's kind, of, it's kind of nestled in a weird spot four games in. But I think the Avs, they're usually pretty good at at taking care of business in games like this. I think you're right. It could be a little closer than we're expecting. But this early in the season, I mean, we just saw with the Sharks game. You you take points where you get them. You don't care about scores all that much. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think, and by close, I mean it'll all of a sudden the abs will be up like three nothing, and then you'll be like, "How is it three two? The abs are dominating this game, and then they'll put it away in the third period." I think it's going to so. be a, a two to two game for an uncomfortable amount of time. Uh, the abs, I think, are just going to go on a run and put the game away. I'll go. They gotcha. score two straight with the goalie in and make it five two with an empty netter. Yeah, it, it's it's they should win this game pretty comfortably, yeah. and. I'm just excited, man. Get back into Ball Arena, get that sour taste of Game 7 out of my mouth. That's the last hockey game I watched live was Game 7. Um, get to see all my friends. It's going to be great, man. 
it's gonna be I'm, I'm excited for it other than the fact it starts at 9 p.m but we'll be okay yeah sucks to be you right <laughs> it, it's gonna be fun uh ballroom is gonna be loud as all hell and then you follow it up i mean we'll we'll talk about this game on friday but that game against the hurricanes on saturday is going to be an awesome game that could that could be a banger i mean they did lose to the ducks last night they Good. did, but I, yeah, that's true. And the Ducks kind of kicked that ass, kicked that ass too. But I still feel good about Perkins. That's going to be a fun game. Yeah, on, that's going to be a fun game. I mean, the Avs. I mean, they've got a fun schedule to start the season. I mean, even the game against Chicago. Like, yeah, you should probably win that game, but that's still an exciting game. Connor Bedard and Ball Arena for the first time. Is this the end of his little uh, national game tour? Uh, he's playing Toronto tonight, right. so. And that one, like that's, I think at least on NHL Network. But this yeah. game against the Avs is on ESPN. Then, I mean, finally the Blackhawks have a local broadcast against the Golden Knights, and then they're back on ESPN when they play the Bruins again next week. And then I think after that is when it just goes to back to normal for the Blackhawks and their their national TV tour. I mean, the Avs are kind of going on a national TV tour to start the year. Yeah, like we had we had another ESPN game and then TNT this week, so. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be annoying, but I mean, these are these are the last two: Seattle and Chicago, and then for the rest of the month, we're back on altitude. Good, that's the way I want it to be. Um, let's until let's, the first game of November where we're TNT, but yeah, it's okay. Well, let, let, let's wrap this episode. Uh, we're a week into the uh, the NHL season. What what team's been the biggest surprise for you? I think Vancouver beating Edmonton twice. I mean. How much of that is Edmonton being bad? How much is that is Vancouver actually looking pretty decent? They're two and zero. They beat them eight to one, and then they went into Edmonton and beat them four three. There's obviously still a lot of hockey to be played, but through two games, I think that's a, a no brainer. Yeah, I like the way Vancouver's played a lot. Edmonton has that first game. I feel like was pretty predictable when Jack Campbell started. Uh, we all knew that that was going in poorly for them. But Edmonton surprised me a little bit. Buffalo has surprised me a little bit with how bad they've looked. Um, I think they'll figure it out, but they have to learn that there's actually expectations for them this this year. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's been the problem for them through the first two games. They went up against the Rangers, and the Rangers just completely outclassed them yeah. in game one. The Rangers look they looked decent in that game, and then they lost the Blue Jackets. So we'll see how they're shaping up with that then. Sabres were down 2-0 to the Islanders. They came back and tied it, but they couldn't finish the job and lost 3-2. It's a young team. It's a young team now that didn't have expectations last year and was playing fun, loose hockey. And now the expectation for them is to make the playoffs and to do something this year for the first time in well over a decade. And it's I think it's going to take some time for them to get used to that. But it's also a very competitive division because another team that we've had in kind of the same echelon as them is Ottawa. And that was a great through three games, Ottawa looks pretty good. They went toe-to-toe with the Hurricanes in the first game, didn't get a great game from, from Corpusalo. Then they took care of the Flyers in their home opener, and they did beat a 29-year-old rookie for Tampa, but they did beat the Lightning. and looked They dominated the Lightning in that game. That game was good. a lot closer than it should have been. If Corpusalo was even decent in that game, they probably win that game in a shutout. I think that's my concern with the Senators at the moment, at very least, is just Corpusalo has not been too great through two games. He's in 894. I mean, it's not horrible. It's pretty bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's worse save percentages you can have through two games, but they look pretty decent. I think I'm Brady Kachuk looks like a man, and Timmy Stutzlow looks like he's going to continue that war path he was on last year. Yeah. So 
I think another thing that surprised me is Tampa really didn't do anything about their goaltending. They really just went ahead and are having JoJo and Matt Tompkins, the 29-year-old rookie, be their goaltending tandem at both league minimum to start the season. I don't hate it. I kind of do. I mean, I I'm hate it, but... Saves. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. That They, they still could address it. Maybe they... I mean, it, is this just... even a top half AHL tandem? Mm, just because yeah. I love JoJo, I'm going to say yes. I mean, if you have to really think about it, then the answer is probably no, right? But JoJo. But also JoJo. But also, I love JoJo. Why is Tampa feeding him to the dogs like this? Yeah, it's kind of fucked up for a guy who struggles with confidence. <laughs> this is a guy who played three games last year with the Abs and was good in them and played most of his season with the Eagles and is now the starting goaltender and heir apparent to Andre Vasilevsky for the Lightning's playoff hopes in the early season. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great for him. Like, like, am I crazy to be surprised that they didn't do anything with it at all? We did. We addressed our goaltending, and we've been fine with just having Eustace Ananen as a backup. That would have been fine. We went out and we claimed Prosvitov. Tampa didn't do anything, and they don't no. have a starter. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I'd be concerned but... if either of these guys were the backup, honestly. And I, I love JoJo, but if Jonas Johansson was the full-season starter for the Avs, would you not be worried? Or oh, I'd be the full worried. season backup. I mean, oh, as a backup, I actually wouldn't hate that. For I wouldn't hate it as a backup. Starting JoJo for thirty-five games, you have no problem. No. All right. So what he showed me last time he was with the Abs, I he looked pretty damn solid. I, I will. I'm I'm vaguely impressed. Not vaguely. I'm impressed by just that Senators game alone. That that's just all I remember about JoJo is that Senators game last year where he made just some ridiculous saves and won the Abs that game. Yeah, fair enough. But also, Matt Tompkins was a seventh-round pick of the Blackhawks in 2012 and made his debut last night. Yeah. I I guess the Lightning just sees stuff that we don't. That's true. Um, I'm also just in awe as this Caps game is five minutes in and they're already being outshot 10 to nothing by the Flames. You know, I was trying to keep an open, positive mind, but this team, Christian, fucking sucks. Yeah. This team is bad. I because uh, I can I can tell that story. I, I went to the home opener for my birthday. Brought brought my friend to her first ever hockey game. You know, it's like oh god, it's like oh it's the Penguins. It'll be fun. You know, even if they lose the game, which they probably will. I mean, I'm sure it'll at least be a fun game. They were good for five minutes, and they got their teeth kicked in for the rest of the game. I've been I've been to a lot of Caps games in my life. I've seen, including this, two shutouts. They were shut out twice ever maybe three, but the two before that were like game 82 against the Florida Panthers where they already clinched the president's trophy. And then I think the other one was also a game 82 against the Islanders where they were locked into their playoff spot. This was the first time I've ever seen a game that mattered where they got shut out and they got their teeth kicked in. Yeah. They, they nothing looked good. It wasn't even Kemper. Kemper started this game for them, and the Flames just scored, right, as I was talking about poor Darcy Kemper. <laughs> but, oh, no, the 12th shot of the game, five minutes in. He gave up a goal in five minutes, and he still has a 900 save percentage right now. Tells you about the absolute fucking state of this team. They went out there against the Penguins and just got mauled. Like, they got just, they looked slow. They looked disinterested. Like, the kind of bad where I don't think watching it on TV did it justice. Like you had to be there in person just to see how crap this team is right now. 
And I think this conversation is for people who think I'm just overly optimistic about the abs. I'm very real about the abs. The caps, I am very pessimistic on because they deserve it as well. Dude, like what are your what is Dow doing there? He just gets lost. Okay. Well, before we commentate this whole caps flames game, um, I just thought they bounced back. Uh any other final thoughts NHL wise before we wrap up? I mean, it's it's been a good first week. I've enjoyed watching hockey again that actually means something. I was impressed with the Coyotes. They look like they're going to be competitive. Logan Cooley looks awesome, and I hope he can uh, keep it up. The Bruins are 2-0, and even in those ugly-ass jerseys. Um, I haven't been super impressed with the Devils yet. Maybe they'll pick it up, but I haven't been super impressed with them yet. And I oh – man, it's just so great to see Edmonton at the bottom of the league. It's just funny right now. Very funny. Before we do wrap up, we do have two quick mailbag things. Oh, let's get them. The first is happy birthday, Griffin. That's from my dear friend, Amira. And thank you for that, Amira. I know you don't listen to this show all that often, but very sweet that you found my mailbag and sent me that to find here. I just opened the mailbag for the first time just now. So that was very sweet. But our guy, Peterman, asked us also, what one player from another team would you like to see play for the Avs? And why is it Arbor Jackai from the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, I would love oh, – there's so many good ones. Like Connor McDavid on the abs would be gross. Okay, that's just the – Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's a basic bitch answer. Uh, I think another bit – I would love to see Sidney Crosby. Um, I think he'd be great, but I, I think I'd go Tom Wilson. I think Tom Wilson would be the one that – if you got Tom Wilson to this team, this team would be a pain in the ass to play against. I think to that point, though, Arbor guy is, I think, nine years younger than Tom Wilson. and also Yeah, but he's not as good as Tom Wilson. Well, because he's nine years younger than him, but also as a defense. I mean, imagine having guy as your sixth defenseman. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that I think that I like Peterman's point. Like, I think that's a, a solid addition there as he especially grows and you don't have to pay him six and a half million dollars. You, you, know, you might be able to get away with paying him. A little bit less. If you can't tell, my opinion on all things caps is very sour at the moment. So Yeah, but you got to admit, Tom Wilson on this abs team would be gross. Would be gross, but also probably two first-round picks, 500000 Oh, we're, no, we're not talking. We're just – I think he's just asking the question, like, what's the one player you think would be, like, a good fit that I'd want to yeah. see? I'd want to see Tom Wilson. I can give a fuck about Price. This is a dream scenario for me right now. Well, if we're going with it, just having any player back, I want Berkey back. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be cool with that. Maybe Kadri back. Um, I, just, I just want all my favorite players back. Yeah. I think Tom Wilson would probably get push this team over the top. Oh, I got one. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog. I want him back. Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> and that, that's who I want back. Can you imagine Landeskog in an Av sweater? I mean, yeah. that, that guy would just be so good here. Did you see that? He went to the Kitchener Rangers game, and they immediately just beat the shit out of whoever they were playing. Yeah, the guy who, he, the guy who shook his hand had a hat trick. Yeah, it's the Landeskog effect. It's yeah. just champion. The guy, championship the guy just three. has an aura. He has that effect. And he's just so goddamn handsome every time he does something, man. He's just so handsome. He's such a good looking dude. Yeah, he's just so handsome, man. I miss him. Yeah, that, that's a player I want back. Um, who else? Like in the yeah, NHL, we, the, the guy, the guys we've talked about on the show, Elias Lindholm, Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, like I like. There's a couple of Coyotes guys I'd really want on this team. Clayton Logan Jim, Cooley would kick ass. Logan Cooley. Connor Bedard. You just give me everyone's best players. Jack Hughes. That was almost one that happened. 
I think that's what's, what's, what's like a fun one before we just start listing other teams, best players. Like what's in like an actually like interesting answer that would push this team over the top other than Wilson. I'd like Anze Kopitar. That'd be fun. I think that'd be, could you imagine him as the second line center? That'd be pretty fun. I, I, I think lie. him or Dano would be a fun center addition to this team. And I, th- I think that would make them the unqualified number one team in hockey. And it wouldn't even be close. I still think Nick Schmaltz would just be such a great addition to this team, but I still, the Coyotes are on such an up. I don't see that happening. No. Cause he's, no. 20, he's 27. He's under 6 million bucks. He can play right wing. He can play center. Like I still think that's a perfect fit for this team. Yeah. What, what other than that, who's the one player that you like, you haven't talked about cause it's just not going to happen. What's a player like that, that you would want. I mean, I, I still think Schmaltz is the one that comes to mind for me first at very least, been outside of like actual superstars on this team. For some reason, the name that is coming to mind is Nino Niederreiter. I don't even know why. That's just a name that fell. Oh, out. that's gross, Griffin. Yeah, that's I don't like. I don't like that for either. But uh, Alex Iafalo, speaking of Jets, was a guy I wanted in the offseason. I think yep. that would be interesting. The Kings have a, a bunch of these guys too. If we're naming them, Adrian Kempe. Yeah, he'd be sick. Yeah. Trevor Moore even as well. Like there's there's a bunch. I, I could name players I want on this. Let's team. have John Carlson come and be our 60. Or not. <laughs> or we don't have to do that at all. We don't have to deal with that one bit. Uh, that's fucking funny. That was a good mailbag question. If you're just typing hypotheticals, I think that's fun. Oh, yeah. We, it's, bad, it's actually a bad idea to give us hypotheticals because we can do them for genuinely hours. We honestly probably could have just gone for an hour and been like, how good would this player fit on this team? <laughs> like, Isn't that just what we do? Yeah, pretty much. We kind we kind of just like, yeah, wouldn't this be, guy be cool on the abs? And then we just talk in circles for thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just us at this point. So, all in all, it's been a good start to the year. I'm glad you got to celebrate your birthday with an abs win and the Devon Taves news. I'm sorry you had to watch the Caps. Yeah, that- don't even have to be like, yeah, I'm sorry about the Caps loss. Just sorry about the Caps. Fucking period. This team sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna Holy laugh so shit. hard. When they get you back and you'll be like, I'm back bought into this team. It's never, it's like, I know it is not even four periods into the season, but like, my God, they're getting absolutely plowed every time they have any players step on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't it's good. bad. Like, we're not well, even, yeah. and we're like, we're going to finish here. I promise I'm not just going to live commentate the Caps game, but like, it is not even nine minutes into the game. It's 13 to one in shots and the Flames are up one nothing. It's really bad. I, I bet on the Caps again tonight because I was like, there's no way that not, they're you, going. You've got to stop doing that. I am. I was like, there's no way. Oh, God, that was a nasty hit on Kuznetsov. Um, there's Ooh. no way they could be as bad as they were. And now, yeah, that's it's worse. Yeah. Like, as your friend, stop betting on this team. Like, I, I fun fact, as someone who works for an NFL team, I cannot legally give gambling advice, but I am willing to break my silence. Do not bet on the Washington Capitals to win games. It is destined to fail. This team is bad. I just love the fact that they literally their main sponsor is a sports book. Yeah. Oh, it's right outside the arena. You can get in that way. And I will get in trouble if I walk in it. Really? Yeah. I, I cannot step foot in a sports book. As, a, huh. as an employee of a sports team, I cannot do it. Interesting. Even yeah. when they relaxed all these gambling laws? For, for, for other people. Well, no, no. For the NFL, like all the players, it's basically like they, they relaxed a lot of the rules they did no such thing 
Yeah, that's how Jamison Williams came back after four games instead of six. Well, I don't get suspended. I get fired. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't, I, I've, I'm, an, I'm an intern, man. I don't make $25 million and help the team win games. They don't have to suspend. Hey, your, your work does affect the team, man. The, the drive every day, I got to watch that. I'm still subscribed to the Ravens YouTube just to watch the videos Griffin puts together. Thank you. Thank you. I got you, man. I work hard. I was up at but, I was up at 4 a.m. this morning to get to work today. So that's why if you if you're wondering why my voice sounds dead, that's why. But I think that's a good point to end on at this point. We're just kind of rambling now. Yep, let's end it. All right. So we're gonna wrap this one up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs Diz podcast. As always, you can use promo code Teledabs it is to get $20 off your first order of $50 or more if you want to use that for the abs home opener coming up here soon again that is twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more if you want to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore belay and you can follow the show at tell it abs it is but again thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time but until then let's go abs